This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. I'll tell you what, that intro right there kind of gives you a little bit of goosebumps when you know, and there maybe they're just baby goosebumps, but they're still goosebumps when you know that this is a week where you may hear touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? You might hear that, or you might see the quarterback go down and go down hard as we are preparing for Game week. Very excited as we came off uh, uh, of the practice field today in Henderson. All of uh, the media, including myself, JT the Brick, Vinny Bonsignor. I mean, we were all out there and we were all observing practice today. And uh, I'm just telling you, it was it was a it was a fun time. It was a spirited time. It's been a, a real pleasure to be able to cover this team up close and personal and bring back our experiences, our sights, our sounds to this radio station to try to provide the best coverage of the Las Vegas Raiders. And that's what we're going to do here. That's what we're committed to doing here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Just heard uh, a great show from JT the Brick. Started things off with head coach John Gruden. Doesn't get too much better than that. Then uh, had plenty of great stories from Canton, Ohio. And as we anticipated on Unnecessary Roughness yesterday when we said that JT the Brick was uh, working at Stone Ridge Mall or hanging out at Stone Ridge Mall and I was at uh, Eastmont Mall, by the way, he told his stories. Absolutely, that was the case. He he was in the good mall. <laughs> I was in the other mall. But I was still in Canton, Ohio. Fitting that mall description, he even got to put on a gold jacket. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's what happens when, you you know, you have, have many years working with the Raiders and, and all those uh, relationships. And that's that's a good thing. And so uh, not mad at that at all. Just I found myself as I was sitting in the office preparing for the show, getting caught up and listening to JT's story and thinking, man, now. None of that happened to me. <laughs> I didn't get no private, uh, you know, yeah, tour of the living, hall. He was living it up over there. <laughs> yeah, he was doing it big. Now I did, I did think that there was a couple, uh, a couple similarities that he had there. Uh, he was talking about the red roof in, and he was talking about the towel situation, and how he almost, him and his wife almost had to go to the the store and buy their own towels. That kind of felt similar to my my living quarters that I was in for a couple days. And then when he said that he climbed into the back of the SUV and all the way in the back, back, I don't know, Damon, you're kind of a, and don't take this the wrong way, but you're kind of a, a smaller dude as far as, as far as height. Not as far as... I'm short, okay? Yeah, that's I'm what I meant. Short. There it's you all go. good. There you go. That's it's what I meant. There. All right, it's out there. You're a shorter dude. <laughs> I actually was a, a, accused over the weekend while I was in Canton, Ohio, of being taller than I claim. I mean, someone really told me they said, I don't know why you're, you're so tall. I expected you to be shorter. And I said, I'm 5'11". And some dude came storming across from the side and was like, there's no way you're 5'11". I was like, yeah, I am. 5'11". Was he trying to make you taller? Yes. I mean, you got to take it. Anytime somebody's trying to make you taller. I, I'm not going to fake the funk, man. man go not. ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, solid six foot over here. Yeah. For what? I've been 5'11 my whole life. I got to 5'11 and, I, and I, I shut it on down. My son now, he went to 5'11". He went to six foot. He went to 6'1". 6'2", and he didn't stop shutting it down, and, and who knows if he's actually officially shut it all the way down until 6'5". But I did tell him, any taller than 6'5", we're going to have to make a run up the street. You know what I mean? You have to go make a run and make sure uh, all our uh, all our bloodlines <laughs> match up. <laughs> Ain't nobody that tall on my side of the family. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> nah, but uh, 
Little Q's a good dude. Matter of fact, speaking of Little Q, he's going to be here in town uh, later on this week going to some Summer League action. And, and Summer League, if you want to go to some Summer League action, like Little Q's going to do, like I'm going to be broadcasting on Friday, JT's going to be broadcasting on Thursday uh, live from Summer League, uh, we got your tickets. We got your tickets. We'll be giving them out. Uh, of course, you can buy them right now. You could also go to our website, lvsportsnetwork.com. Just click on the little NBA symbol right there. Boom. And uh, sign up for your tickets today. Uh, lots of great hoop action. Heard the president on JT show earlier. We had the president on our show uh, last week. And uh, just I, I enjoy Summer League. And it's where some really good basketball players go to get better. And uh, so so if you want to go to Summer League, take part of some of the action uh, going on here in Vegas at the Thomas & Mack and also the Cox Pavilion, we definitely have your tickets into that. We'll give those out a little bit later on the show and a little bit later on in the week. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's uh, it was funny just listening to JT's uh, sh- uh, st- stories. You know, just a lot of good stuff that he had to bring to the table. So I uh, thought that, that was great, and you know, talking about Marcus Allen, talking about Tim Brown and Jim Plunkett, and and all those. So uh, definitely, hopefully, you uh, you heard that. And if you didn't hear John Gruden's interview with JT, go back and I believe he said he's going to replay it on Friday. But if not, if you don't uh, want to wait till Friday, make sure you go and, uh, and and listen to his show. It started off the show. It's probably about twelve ten today so at the very beginning of the show uh, you can find it on our website lvsportsnetwork.com coming up on today's show here on unnecessary roughness former raiders defensive tackle roy hart he's in town today Uh, there's a big alumni event there was a big alumni event going on at allegiant stadium today uh the kind of teamed up with uh, the armed forces uh nellis air force base and some airmen were there and and damon you were there on the scene so they were kind of going through like a boot camp type situation? Yeah, boot camp, a couple of combine events. You know, there were different teams. There were 10 teams total nice. of everyone that competed. And um, the actual winning prize for the team that won was the tickets to an NFL game, the Salute to Service game that's okay. going to be later on this year. And I am I mean, when it comes to the armed forces and Salute to Service, I mean, that is really at the top of the food chain for me. I feel I feel like that that's really important. I think that we don't uh, honor our 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 veterans and our active servicemen enough. We always find find it easy to do on like 4th of July and Veterans Day and Memorial Day. It's like, oh, yeah, hey, you know, but we need to do this more. We need to thank uh, our our troops a lot more. And I know I fall into that rut as well. So uh, when you had the opportunity to go over to Allegiant Stadium, I thought that was really cool. So Roy Hart, he's in town. Uh, He was helping out at the event today. He'll join us at 2.30 to talk about the event, talk about being a defensive tackle in the league, talking about being a Raider alumni, once a Raider, always a Raider. That's going to come up at 2.30. At 2.45, I was supposed to have Nico Ali Walsh on the show yesterday. Uh, He goes to to, uh, UNLV. He's the grandson of Muhammad Ali. He's got his first professional fight coming up on Saturday in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He was supposed to join the show yesterday, but we ran out of time, so we got him He got him ready to rock and roll. So uh, coming up at 2.45, I anticipate having Nico Ali Walsh here on the show to talk about that fight. And again, he's a UNLV student. He's going to graduate in 2022 with a business degree, which I think is awesome. Not only getting it done in the ring and, and athletically, but also getting it done uh, in the classroom. That's important as well. 3 o'clock, cover 3, NFL news and notes of the day. We didn't get to that yesterday. We had a guest, but that's okay. Sometimes we'll bump it. Uh, we could talk NFL all day long but if we have a guest that we want to slide in that that spot we'll do that so uh today we'll get back to cover three nfl news and notes of the day and then our last guest of the show will come up at 3 30 jay schrader former raiders quarterback uh he was there for a, a nice little handful of time and uh, right after uh, coach tom flores was was 
uh, away from the Raiders, but he came in the following year. So uh, we'll talk to uh, Jay Schrader, who was also at that uh, event over at Allegiant Stadium that you were a part of, Demon. And funny story with Jay Schrader, he uh, actually had to give up a couple hundred dollars today. Is that is that the is that what I'm, my understanding is? Oh yeah, he was betting like that. No one could hit the club level of the stadium from where they were throwing the football. So maybe he would have had to throw it a good 60, 70 yards, mm-hmm. and one guy. He hits it once, and then it's like everybody's like shocked, like "Oh man!" Yeah, yeah. and it's like, "Oh, let you know, because you, know, you get a warm up throw." That was his warm up throw. Okay, gives it to get, gives it to him a second time, nails it again. Wow! So he, he lost got, two hundo, huh? I don't, I don't know. I think it was maybe a guy, you know, I'll hit, if you hit it once, a hundred. Nobody else did it, but so he did it twice. He did, he did do it twice. So they should lose two hundred dollars, <laughs> right? <laughs> he should, but man, you know what was more impressive than that guy throwing? Did you do it? Oh no! I, I was like, no, I, I didn't <laughs> oh, want to embarrass no, my, my brother. Oh no, my brother! Oh no, my brother! You, you know got to find someone else. <laughs> they were running the forties, and like they had coaches out there. They were right. co- not um, not Raider coaches, but you know, just coaches that were out there helping them out. And the forty times, mm-hmm. there were some guys running. There was a guy fifty years old ran a four seven forty. Nice. And it was just like these guys were getting like they were getting so competitive. People were like running like, ah oh, man, I can do better. I can do better. Yeah, that's but how I it thought, is. I thought because I was thinking like, yeah, maybe I can get out here. and run. But I was like, if I fall, if I trip, if I'm not as fast as I think I am, just like can't be out here embarrassing myself. Because so I like don't to, have confidence. So I, like have to th- that. I like to think that I'm a pretty in shape. I like to think in dude, pre- pretty good in shape, dude. I'm a good athlete. But if I would have went out there and fell on my face, I would have been blaming my shoes. I ain't got cleats or nothing. These ain't running shoes. You know, I had the excuses ready. You so got to so know. So then I just stayed on the sidelines. Yeah, you got to be able to read the room and kind of understand. I mean, you're in a button-up, and you're button-ups all the way to the top. You ain't got no room to breathe. I mean, you're you're wearing a <laughs> medium shirt, so your muscles look bigger. Now, DeMond, to his credit, is a big dude. And I mean big as far as muscles. Now, when it comes to height, he's a short dude. But he's got the muscles. He's in good shape. So, yeah, I don't think that that would have been. With the way that all your clothes are so tight, I don't think you'd want to go out there and get in that, that 40 because – you might rip something, pull something, and I ain't talking muscles. I'm talking about, you know, some of your attire. I don't want you to do that. I was taking videos. I was taking videos and pictures all day, and I did catch a 40, and we do have a service member who's pulling up a little bit. All Like, <laughs> something got tight when he was like, when he got to like the 30 of that 40. Sometimes it'd be like that. And it was just one of those, can't post this one, can't embarrass my man like this. No, no, no. You know, you just dogged him out <laughs> on the air, but that's cool. But if you want to go check out some of the videos, because DeMond was there, took a lot of pictures, uh, had a lot of videos check out a twitter account the the radio nation radio 920 twitter account at rnr 920 am uh, you can check out how all the action went down at allegiant stadium how was it to be there by the way at oh, allegiant it stadium was, it was great like being in the stadium it was just like a full all access too. like everybody's on the field like mm-hmm. you're just playing around jay schroeder he was throwing like so he was throwing passes after like you know there was just like he was just palling around with people after so i don't that's an experience that most fans are, are never like even when you do your stadium tour you're not going to get a former raider quarterback to throw you passes just, you know, willy-nilly. Right. So it was just fun. No, that sounds it just, like... It was just a fun environment to be around. It sounds really fun. It sounds like it was a good event. And again, just going ahead and having that uh, that salute to service and, and having those guys out there from Nellis uh, Air Force Base, the airmen out there, thought that that was cool. And so that was definitely an event that I uh, wanted to make sure that the radio station was a part of. And so thank you, Damon, for going out there and, and holding that down. There you go. Yeah, like, no, I, no, like, they, they were stuck doing, in your head yeah, now. They doing it because, you know, because like they're doing like clap-offs, they're doing sounders, like they were warming up. It was like, when I say U.S., you say A.A. And it was like, U.S.A.A. It's like, yeah. 
nail it. Like just like the jingle. Right, it's right. Like, man, that's why that's why it's a catchy jingle. It's stuck in my head. Absolutely. So a uh, good job on that. I do appreciate you. So that's the guest lineup that we have. Roy Hart, Nico Ali Walsh, and then Jay Schrader will close things down. Of course, we'll have cover three coming up at three o'clock. Now, as you heard from JT the Brick, uh, and you heard from uh, Gerald McCoy, the defense had them a day out there at training camp. And uh, I was there and uh, that turnovers. Turnovers is something that the Raiders need to emphasize, something that John Gruden's talked about multiple times last year, uh, that they need to create more turnovers, give more opportunities to the offense to have the ball. And today, that's what the defense was doing. And I don't know if they were a little angry and upset because the offense has really been kind of getting the best of them. I don't know if it was just an off day for the offense, but the defense was out there creating turnovers. And when I say creating turnovers, I'm not just talking interceptions. I'm talking a guy catches the ball and then, boom, there's a peanut punch to knock the ball into the ground. And then uh, all of a sudden a scrum to go get the ball. I mean, there's there's forced fumbles. There's interceptions. Uh, you saw multiple times where there would be some sacks. I mean, the defense, and I don't want to get too hyped, and I don't want someone to think that, oh, my gosh, the defense is totally turned around and it's, you know, it's going to lead the team now. I'm not I'm not trying to, you know, blow smoke up your tailside. I'm not trying to do that. I'm just saying that for this afternoon, there was a lot of intensity on the defensive side of the ball. There was a lot of things to like from what you saw defensively and they created a bunch of turnovers. Uh, you heard John Gruden uh, multiple times get after, get after the team and get after the offense. And, and I think it was mainly the offense he was getting after uh, when he was talking to him, but he, he didn't like their energy either. You know, there was one point where he said, get off your cell phone. Uh, give me some energy. You know, I mean, he just is he, just one of those things like, hey, this is not executing the way that they really wanted it to. And I had no problem with Coach Gruden pointing it out. You know, I thought that was a good thing. But the defense did look really good. That's something that we've been talking about all offseason long. How can they take that next step? They look like they're learning. And something that, you know, I stood there and watched, and I know Vinny did as well because he was standing right next to me, is you can hear the coaches not only coaching, but teaching, you know, okay, hey, this is when this happens, this is what's going to happen. And Gus Bradley, for example, he was going through some drills and he literally stopped the drills and started just just doing some straight up teaching. Anyone who's a teacher out there understands it's one thing to coach, you know, come on, rah, rah, run this play, run this. And another thing to, to kind of, hey, this is how we have to do it. This is why we have to do it. And if you do it this way, this is going to be the end result. That's what you saw today, which is what I was pretty impressed with. Uh, Gerald McCoy. I know JT played a lot of the sound bites. We have them available. I'll tell you, man, I've, I know the guy as far as what he's done in the league. I know that the Cowboys were very excited about getting him last season. Cowboy fans were excited about getting him last season. He ruptured his quad, never gets to play for the team. I'll be one of those that Gerald McCoy talked about today in the in, in the media session. One of those that didn't know what he was going to do, if he was going to be able to make a comeback. I didn't know because it's, you know, like he said, a 32-year-old, Ruptured his quad. Can he come back? That's, you know, that's a real deal thing. Matter of fact, Tamon, pull that up real quick. It just, it was, it was basically what he opened up the, the presser with talking about, you know, there was never a doubt that he was going to fight to get back. And you could just hear the joy. And I think JT kind of summed it up as, man, this guy's out here preaching. And, and it's almost one of those that you get inspired. You hear the, the tone in his voice, the joy in his voice, and you kind of get inspired and realize, man, some good things are happening. That's what I took away. When I'm listening to, to Gerald McCoy, and I didn't get to listen to the whole thing, the whole presser today, because we were in another part of the the, uh, the building over there in Henderson where we had another meeting that we had to go to, but I was able to, to catch the early part of Gerald McCoy and just the way he talked about coming back from injury and the fact that he knew he was coming back from injury was damn near inspiring. The goal always was to come back because I knew immediately as soon as I got hurt, especially with a leg injury. 
32 years old, been in the league 11 years. People immediately assume, oh, that's it. He's a D tackle. He's older, knee injury. Will he be able to come back? I love when people count me out. I'm from the south side of Oklahoma City, 405. It's not very many people that do what I've done. I'm not talking about the success of football. I'm talking about just lasting this long in the NFL. So, uh, you know, I've been a fighter my whole life. So it was nothing but another fight to me. So there it is right there. And as excited as I am by Gerald McCoy, I, I, I said the way he sounds is inspiring. That's the word that I was attempting to say. Yeah, but I got you. I kind of I I I spiraled out of control because, I, again, I just – at his age, uh, you don't know what he's got left in the tank. But, man, he sounds like he's really he's really got it going on. So, again, JT played a lot of the sound. Uh, we may get to a little bit later on in the show, but uh, that's a dude that's going to help out this team. And I don't know how much he's going to help as far as, you know, his numbers-wise, what he's going to do, but he's going to help this team get better. And that ultimately is what matters. And I believe that that's the reason why this team decided to bring in a Gerald McCoy. He will help the guys around him get better, whether it's on the field or off the field. And I think he understands that. And I think he, he, he knows that, that he has uh, more than just on the field role to help this team get a lot better. So with the, with the fact that the defense is coming off a, a really good practice, a really good training camp, and I believe this is, a, 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 technically it's day 14 of training camp, but really I think this is like, practice number 11 under their belt but it's still the 14th day of, uh, of training camp they got to take days off exactly what unit this is the question i want to throw out there and i'd love to hear from you what unit do you expect to see the most improvement from this season on the defense would you pick the secondary or the defensive line and why what unit are you expecting to see the most improvement from of this gus bradley defense and you're one of this gus bradley defense are you looking at the secondary are you looking at the dy hell you could throw in other are you looking at other? Just hit us up and let us know. 702-365-9200. That's the Raider Nation listener line. Of course, the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, if you're out of town, you're listening to us on the, the Raider Nation uh, radio app, uh, the, Raiders, the Raiders mobile app, and, and just put, put, punch in the, the radio, a uh, little icon there, and boom, you can do that. Of course, TuneIn Radio also has us. Uh, you can punch in Raider Nation radio. And, of course, here if you're locally, you're listening to us, Raider Nation radio, 920 a.m. and uh, lvsportsnetwork.com. But uh, let us know your thoughts, man. I, I want to know, as far as the defense go, what area do you expect the most improvement from? Secondary, defensive line, or other? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. What does it mean to be a Raider? What to you, what does it mean to be a Raider? Man, being a Raider is not just being a football player. It's not about the, just the jersey or just the, just the helmet. It's about a lifestyle. It's about, it's about loyalty. It's about doing whatever you have to do to help your brothers, to help your family. That's what it's all about. It's never putting yourself above the shield. That's what being a Raider is all about. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. I mean, today's my first day playing something like linebacker, so that was just kind of, I'm going to get in where I fit in type, uh, type of situation. So whoever Gus or the coaches thinks that I'd be the most successful or I can help the team the most, Throw me in there because I'm going to play. There you go right there. Third round draft pick, Malcolm Kuntz out of Buffalo. The guy I do believe has an opportunity to be a player. I, I really do. I've been talking about him for quite a while since he's really been drafted. Just think he has an opportunity to to bring some juice 
to that Raiders defensive line. And that really, good job, Damon. that really goes kind of with the theme of the, the question I threw out there before we took a break. What unit do you expect to see the most improvement from this season defensively? The secondary, the defensive line, or other? 702-365-9200. That's the Raider Nation listener line. We have a very patient Allen in Vegas. What's on your mind today? Thanks for coming. Uh, thanks for calling the show. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, well, I think our defense as a whole will benefit from having an actual offseason where they can practice and rehearse the defensive scheme and what they're learning, what they're going to be able to put us on the field. But I think it's going to be our secondary all the way. They have, we have a whole lot more competition. we got Hayward coming in. We drafted Morris. I think that's going to push Arnett more. It's going to push Abram more to uh, produce more on our defense and make plays. I think just the competition alone will boost our secondary. Okay, and how much do you think that the defensive line, the extra juice there with Unique Ngakwe, a guy like Malcolm Kuntz, who I just mentioned, maybe Solomon Thomas, Gerald McCoy, you know, Max Crosby, year three, how much juice do you think that they could bring on that defensive line to even further along the secondary? Oh, Q, I, I think just signing them alone will benefit our defensive line, but also our secondary, too. I mean, that's a whole other story. I, I think that if they can just bring the heat, I mean, sacks it even better, but just the heat on the quarterback and, and buy time for the secondary to cover their man, I mean, all the better. Right, right. Good stuff. Thank you so much for that call, my man. I appreciate you chiming in on the, the show this afternoon. And, uh, yeah, okay, so, uh, you know, we've had B.D. Williams on who does a really good job of breaking down film, and uh, he was talking about the secondary. He thinks the secondary is really going to see the most improvement as well, but uh, I, I'm not foolish. I'd be dumb to go into it and say, well, they're, they're going to be great, but the defensive line is not going to help. If they're great, chances are the defensive line is much improved as well, and the defensive line needs to be much improved. And that's why they go out and bring in a unique Ngakwe, someone that I know a lot of Raider Nation, I know myself, has been pounding the table for for quite a, quite a while when he was back in Jacksonville. Well, they finally were able to, to make it work and get him to Vegas. So that's great. You know, I think Max Crosby, I uh, was watching a drill, and I tweeted out a, a, a video of Gerald McCoy going through a drill. But I saw Max Crosby do the drill. I saw unique Ngakwe do the drill. I was not shocked by what they, they did because those guys have been – really the leaders in every drill, each and every practice that I've been at. But Max Crosby has continued to impress me with the way that he stands to the side after his drill is done, and every single one of the guys by name, he's, he's, he's talking up. You know, come on, Gerald. Come on, McCoy. Or, or whoever it is. Whoever the, whoever's going through it. You know, come on, Koontz. You know, just every single one of them, he's, he's making a, a comment. And things that he's saying or seeing. You know, put your hand out. Put your hand out. Follow through. Follow through. Come on, finish strong. Dude, I mean, just teaching. Again, the, it's, it's one thing when the coaches are teaching, but it's another thing when the players, your peers, are teaching as well. That's something that I've been seeing from Max Crosby, really taking on that leadership role. You know, I've, I've talked about alpha dogs for years. Who is the Raiders' alpha dog? That dude who was drafted by the Raiders, even though he wasn't a first-round guy, second-round guy, he looks like he has the makings of – that alpha dog, the guy that opposing offenses and offensive line coaches have to prepare for each and every week where they say, okay, where's that dude? Let's locate that dude and make sure he doesn't wreck our game plan. Max Crosby has the makings. I'm not saying he's there yet. I'm not going to try to put the cart before the horse, but he's got the makings of that alpha dog, and that's something that I've been talking about, and I think the addition of Unique Ngakwe is going to help in a major way. Real quick, before we get to Roar, we got Danny in Fresno. Fresno, the 559. What's up, Danny? 
Yeah, what up, Q? From Ch- Fresno. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I remember when I was, I'm like, I'm, I'm about to be 33 this year. I remember when I was a teenager, man, hearing you on the radio. Because, you know, teenagers listen to the radio all the time. <laughs> so I remember hearing you on the radio back in the day. It's cool to see you uh, representing the Raiders now. That's pretty tight, man. I'm diehard. So, uh, just uh, congratulations to all your success. Just wanted to say that first off. Thank you. Um, yeah, I've been listening to Locked On Raiders even before uh, you got on with uh, with them over there in Las Vegas. So, um, But I uh, know you you had asked the question, who do you think is going to be the most improved uh, uh, unit on the defense. Yep. Um, I know uh, our linebacking court is definitely underrated. I think they're going to be even better now with uh, with the addition of the guys in the D line. Because mm-hmm. um, if they were if they were good last year, if they were good last year and they were locking people down in coverage, and you can look at the stat line. I mean, that's something I, I remember a few people posted about it. Um, how how much better are they going to be this year with people that could actually get to the quarterback? You know. Um, so I believe the linebackers are definitely going to be, like, top five, I believe, in, in the league as far as when it comes to covering okay. and, turn, and turnovers. And then, uh, obviously, the DBs and the safeties uh, with the addition of Morig and then uh, Casey Hayward, probably they're going to take a step up as well. And the D's just going to be, uh, the D's going to be a lot better this year, I believe so. Nice, nice. Hey, good stuff, Danny, man. I appreciate you checking in from the 559, man, representing Fresno. And it's funny, man, being on the radio back in the day there in Fresno, I used to I used to get in trouble when I talked Raiders on the radio because we're not a sports station. We're a hip-hop station. We got to talk music, not sports. Now I'm talking Hello. sports, and I'm okay, and it's okay for it, so it's all good. There you go, man. Raider Nation all day. I'll see y'all on Monday night. All right, My brother. I'll be there for that game. All right, brother. Make sure you check in when you get here, man. I definitely want to holler at you. Yes, sir. Will do. All right. There he goes. Danny from the 559 representing Yedemon. I used to get in trouble all the time. My, my boss, man, he used to get mad. This is not a sports station. Don't be talking Raiders. I'm like, man, come on. So I used to talk Raiders all the time on the on the hip-hop station. It, it, it goes with. The Raiders went with hip-hop, though. It went hand-in-hand. Hand. I was just before my time. <laughs> Apparently, I was before my time. I didn't know what I didn't know. But uh, good stuff right there. And talking about the linebacking core. And, Danny, before we get to Roy, I'll tell you. Linebackers got some speed, man. There's some speed out there on the defensive side of the ball. That's something that the Raiders in general, the whole team needs to have that speed because the AFC West is fast. I mean, the NFL is always going to continue to get faster, faster, faster. What do they say? Bigger, faster, stronger? The AFC West has a ton of speed. So you'll see the speed that uh, the linebackers have. And I do believe with uh, Nicholas Morrow out there, uh, of course, Corey Littleton out there. And and then whenever they put, uh, you know, they put uh, Nick Kukowski out there and then they have... uh, they have Tanner Muse out there, but they, they've got a lot of team speed, which is very, very important. And we'll we'll get back to that. I definitely appreciate that call. But right now on the phone lines, we're we're pleased to have former Raider defensive tackle Roy Hart on the phone. And Roy, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. We definitely appreciate it. You were out at uh, Allegiant Stadium earlier today. My guy Demond ran into you, and really cool event going on there. You know, salute to service, uh, giving back to the community, having the the guys from uh, from Nellis Air Force Base, the airmen there. Uh, one yeah. for you, how important was that for you to be a part of an event like that at Allegiant Stadium? Very important, of course. Giving uh, some time to the gentlemen that give everything to us, ladies and men that give everything to us, is highly important. And just to be invited out there to be a part of the being those young men and women present and watch them work their skills, of course, through a NFL like combine event uh, was pretty amazing. 
And for you, just how, how, how much fun was it to be able to look at their faces and, and realize that they really enjoyed it? Like you said, they, they give that ultimate sacrifice. They play on the ultimate team, you know, the team that is Team USA. Uh, just, just how cool was it to see them be able to, to be in that stadium, in, in, in that environment, and just go through those, those events that you guys were doing? Just to watch all of them enthusiasm, just to watch the smiles on their face, and then, of course, watch them participate. And, of course, those ladies and men were serious. They were <laughs> doing those drills as if, of course, they was actually competing. And watching each and every one of them give their all out there, it was just fantastic. It means everything to me, of course, having uh, a few members in my, in my family have served uh, uh, in, the, in, the, in the service. It's, 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 it's the ultimate sacrifice that one can give. It's, it's for their country. And, and it was just so, so meaningful that I got invited to be a part to watch them participate and the combine like drills. Right, no doubt about it. And I say all the time that we never salute our, our troops, men and women, enough. And you can never uh, salute them enough. You know what I mean? For everything that they do for us and the country and allow a knucklehead like me to be able to be on the radio and talk sports and have a good time. I mean, it's just, again, like you mentioned, the ultimate sacrifice. And, and the Raiders, you know, are, are doing this event at their home, at Allegiant Stadium. They're wanting to be very big in the community, which this is a big community event. Uh, as an alumni, one, just once a Raider, always a Raider. That's That's got to feel special knowing how large the 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 fraternity is that is you know a former raider uh and then just being able to be a part of that and represent the organization what does that mean to you being a member of the las vegas valley for 27 years and just getting the whim that they was going to be a part of our valley and in the nfl franchise the last three years being able to represent them has meant the world to me i never thought i'd get this opportunity but i guess i tell people hey when the NFL franchise is in your city, you can really feel the impact. And I can tell you now, the Raiders have really made an impact. And this is just the start of the impact that the entire Valley will, of course, benefit from, along with the Raiders. Uh, it's, it's just been magnificent. Talking right now with former Raider defensive tackle Roy Hart here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And, and Roy, in anticipation of what's coming up, Monday Night Football, uh, September 13th, uh, the Baltimore Ravens are coming to town. You want to talk about the community getting fired up. You want to talk about the fan base getting fired up. You were in the stadium today. Uh, how, how much do you think the fan base is going to enjoy being in Allegiant well, Stadium? Well, you know, I can tell people being here for the last uh, number of years that I have and have an opportunity to go out and visit so many of the incredible booster clubs that – of course, call the Raiders their hometown team. And now having that team here in the Valley, you will be able to go outside and see the energy moving through the air. That's just how powerful it will be when the first home game at Allegiant Stadium is filled with fans. It's going to be a movement. That's what I tell you. Yeah, it feels like it's going to be a movement. I'm excited. I'm excited for this Saturday, which is just a preseason game, but that's kind of the, you know, the, the early run. Here, here you go. Here's a, here's a taste test of what it's going to be come that Monday night football game. And, uh, Roy, I, I mentioned before, once a Raider, always a Raider. Uh, they just had the big alumni uh, event going on the other night uh, at Allegiant Stadium. I know JT the Brick was emceeing it. Uh, what does it mean to be a member of the, the, the Raiders alumni that like you are? You know, it's as a little bit of a I never thought that I'd had an opportunity to have my name and granted in front of such a magnificent venue with the Raiders logo and image and everything it stands for and behind it. So it, it, it means the world. Um, it will continue to mean the world. And, of course, continue to represent them is just a, a dream come true. 
uh, and and to be a part of the Las Vegas Valley the years that I have, it's it's it's, it's just amazing. It really is. Talking right now with Roy Hart here on Unnecessary Roughness. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. My guy, Damon, had a question for you. All right, Roy. When we were out there earlier today, Jay said that he'd give $100 to anyone who could throw <laughs> the football in that club area, right? He did say that, right? Are you going to hold him to it? Hey, I heard something like that. I wasn't quite sure who said they was going to give it up. But I do know a, a few of those gentlemen, at least one of them, threw from the maybe the 35-yard line into the wind a little wow. nightclub area there. So we're going to say about 65, 70 yards. Uh, he, he hoisted a, a few of those balls into that area uh, from, from, from about the 35, 40-yard line out. So count the end zone there and a little, little grounded behind it. Uh, he really did a great job. But whoever is going to put that money, I really don't know. But okay, so we don't know who. Incredible I... cause. You know, USAA and the Raiders coming together uh, to, 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 to just salute the men and women that give us their all. And, of course, I can tell you, some of those athletes out there, I am so happy that they are protecting our nation because those guys were in, 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 and girls was in some amazing shape. Oh uh, yeah, I was gonna I was gonna try to pin it on Jay because we're also having <laughs> him on the show later because it was like hundred dollars. You're the quarterback, <laughs> but no. Uh, so I'll ask him about it. We're gonna track down who who put this hundred dollars on the line. <laughs> I heard hundred dollars come up, but. I wasn't getting involved in any of that. <laughs> well, Roy, you played defense, and, and I started the show talking about the defense uh, uh, of the Raiders today out at training camp. They just had them a day where uh, they were forcing uh, turnovers. They were just they, they looked like they were really motivated to go out there and prove a point today. As a defensive player, as a defensive tackle, what does the mindset have to be when you take the field each and every day just to go and get it done? To get the job done is to win the game yourself as a defense in which it can be done. You know, of course, uh, everyone wants to see the offense up and down the field, putting points on the board. But the defense, if no points are scored by the other offense and you're able to intercept the ball and put the ball in the end zone, you can win the game as a defense yourself. So you know what they say, hey, offense sell tickets, but defense wins championships. <laughs> it's the old saying, brother. Yeah, defense it is. Defense championships. Yes, right, right, absolutely, and and you know, uh, a guy who plays the position you play, defensive tackle Gerald McCoy. He's new to the team. Uh, he was out there today, and I mean, he was looking fresh. He was looking fast. Uh, he was very excited to be out there after after having a, a year off due to injury. But he's a veteran, yes. and, and so what I took away from what he had to say today was not only is he going to be out there contributing on the field, but he's going to be contributing on the sideline as, as far as a, a teacher, a mentor, a leader, try to help these guys. You know, this young team, relatively young team. Uh, get cooking in the way that they need to go. How big can that be to have that veteran leadership and a guy who's been there, done that, like a Gerald McCoy on the team? It's huge. And, of course, Gerald always does his thing. And as a leader out on the field, and that's truly where it starts, it's easy to have men follow you when they see you doing what needs to be done and taking care of business yourself. Then speaking to them, it's no question they will follow you into then. And, of course, like I say, defense, it wins championships. So uh, we're looking for big things out of both ends of Raider Nation and, of course, the Las Vegas Raiders this coming season. 
Yeah, buddy. Uh, that's that's what uh, the anticipation is. Gus Bradley now taking over as the defensive coordinator, his first year uh, with the team, and they just got some really good teachers out there. That's the thing I've been noticing from the coaching staff. When you have Richard Smith, longtime linebackers coach, you got Ron Miles. He's been in the league uh, coaching uh, the secondary for a long time, and they go hand in hand. I threw out the question about what 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 unit was going to be more more uh, improved this year, but really they go hand in hand. And uh, I know as a defensive tackle, you'll probably tell me that the defensive line is the most important unit of the team, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, how, how? I mean, how, if it, in an ideal world, how much do these two units work together? Hey, hey, you know, they say a great offense it makes a great defense. A great defense makes a great offense. It's it's a team game, and of course, you function as a unit. And don't leave, of course, the most important part of the team out, which is the special teams. You function as a unit. Of course, you go in the field as a unit. Whether you're the offense out there. Uh, whether you're the defense out there, you have to make sure that you're doing your job and your part to make everyone else's job and part just that much easier. Right. No doubt we're talking with uh, Roy Hart, former Raiders defensive tackle here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And, and Roy, I, I, I got to put you on the spot. My guy, DeMond, my guy DeMond kind of told me that he already gave you a little bit of insight, which is kind of cheating, but I'm going to see how you roll. I have did this to Tim Brown. I've done this to Marcus Allen. Now I'm going to put Roy Hart on the spot. Give me your best. Hey, what's up, Raider Nation? This is Roy Hart, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. Hey, what's up, Raider Nation? This is Roy Hart. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. Boom! There it Boom. is! Defense wins championships! <laughs> no question. I tell you what, my friends. I appreciate it. It was awesome. And it was really good to be out there and be a part of the event today. Of course, honoring our veterans and, of course, USAA and the Raiders. They put on a really, really nice event out there for some of our incredible men and women that protect us and give the ultimate sacrifice and what they do for our country every day. So it was very special. Absolutely. You're going to be out there at Allegiant Stadium on Saturday, Roy? I will be out there at Allegiant Stadium on Saturday. I will be in the east uh, end zone uh, signing autographs and, 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 and taking pictures with, of course, the most important part of Raider Nation, and that is the most incredible fans in all the sports. There it is. Great stuff, Roy. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you. Thanks for what you did this afternoon as well at Allegiant Stadium. We'll see you on Saturday, and we appreciate you. That appreciation goes both ways. All right, there Thank he goes. Absolutely, there he goes. Roy Hart, former Raiders defensive tackle. Good dude right there. Good dude. Uh, fun to talk to him, catch up with him. And, he again, he he did say, man, the ultimate sacrifice is what these uh, men and women have, have done and given to us. And, uh, and I think that that's really important. What's up, DeMond? Hold on, Roy. He was go- I was about to let him go, but he gave us a good Raiders. Oh, okay, we got to go again. run it back. Go ahead. Raiders! There he goes. There he goes. Good catch, Damon. I like that. Roy, coming back strong. All right. Man, we're we're holding it down. I, I, that's how we do unnecessary roughness. That's why it's unnecessary roughness, right? Because sometimes we get a little wild, get a little squirrely. But uh, good stuff from Roy. And, again, man, I just want to salute to uh, all, all the men and women that do give that uh, ultimate sacrifice. Uh, I say it all the time that we can never say it enough and uh, it's it's truly appreciated. Again, um, they do stuff on the daily that I could never see myself doing at all, and and it's just it's just awesome. And like he said, uh, I'm glad that some of the men and women that were out there today competing, and you saw them up close to personal Demond. Glad they're protecting uh, the country because man, they are in great shape, and that's that's awesome to hear. 
you know, there was some cats out there that was like, man, you, you, this all you do is just protect and serve. Like in the military, it's like, man, maybe look, you could have went somewhere. <laughs> yo, some, yo, when I tell you that fifty year run, that four, like that was like the fastest time that I had seen. Well, maybe somebody else caught caught up to him. But I was like four seven at fifty years old, man. That was like the most impressive thing. Well, I'll tell you what, they did go somewhere. They went and served the country, and they're doing it in a major way, and they're holding it down. And we definitely appreciate them each and every day. Many thanks to Roy for joining us right there. When we come back, uh, Nico Ali Walsh. We anticipate grabbing him. Do we have enough time to get to him, uh, Demond? All right, I got the thumbs up. Nico Ali Walsh has a fight coming up on Saturday. He is the grandson of Muhammad Ali. You'll hear that next. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. And welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Very excited right now about our next guest that we have on the phone lines, Nico Ali Walsh. And uh, if that name is familiar, well, maybe the Ali stands out to you in a major way. But, uh, Nico, I'm very excited about you uh, and your story that you have and what you got coming up this weekend. So thank you for your time this afternoon. And Saturday in Tulsa, Oklahoma, you're going to make your boxing debut as the grandson of Muhammad Ali how much pressure and how exciting is this? You know, it's incredibly exciting. This is me following my dreams. Um, and the only pressure I have is, you know, continuing the legacy of my grandfather and, you know, trying to create my own. What is it about boxing and the Ali family, because we've seen, obviously, Muhammad Ali be at the top of the food chain. And then, of course, you know, daughters uh, going out there and, and participating in boxing. And now grandson participating in boxing. What is it about boxing that just gets the juices flowing for the Ali's? You know, it might just be genetic. I, I would say that um, I'm not going to say something super cheesy like I didn't choose boxing. Boxing chose me. <laughs> but it, it certainly feels that way. I, I never knew that I would be into boxing the way I am now. Talking right now with Nico Ali Walsh here on uh, on Unnecessary Roughness. And, and, and the thing about it is, and you have your boxing debut on Saturday. Again, that's going to be exciting. It's going to be televised on ESPN, so that's going to be something everyone could tune into. But just, I mean, just thinking about uh, your journey and, and how you got to where you're going to be on Saturday. How many ups and downs and, and how many times have you looked in the mirror and said, is this really what I want to do? I mean, there are there were so many ups and downs. And, you know, you really remember the downs more than the ups, no matter how high the ups are. Um, but, you know, I, I never really questioned. I, I, early on in my boxing career, I questioned whether or not this was something I wanted to do. Um, and I asked my grandfather, and he insisted that I continue boxing. And that kind of pushed me to never want to question again. But, you know, there are times where I do think deep down, is this what I want to really do? But that's just self-doubt that you know anybody may have so I just push that aside you know Nico I, I just got back in from uh, Canton Ohio I was at the Hall of Fame I was able to see all those great uh, NFL players uh, get inducted into the Hall of Fame of course they were at the top of their game at some point in their life either coaches or or players but Every one of them to a T always talks about the adversity, always talks about the, the one, you know, like you said, you remember the, the lows of, of the, the ride to get where you're going. You remember those more. They all talked about how that helped push them. Is that one of those things that helps drive you as well as those lows and, and you know that you can come out and overcome those? Definitely. You know, um, it's a, that's the, one of the things with pressure is that nobody wants to experience pressure, but when you don't experience pressure, you don't perform 
well. You know, like my worst performances was when I was not experiencing any pressure. So a good amount, a good amount of pressure is perfect for, you know, performing. And that's the way I look at it. Talking right now with Nico Ali Walsh here on Unnecessary Roughness. Got a fight coming up on Saturday, your debut. It's a four-round middleweight fight. What do you know about your opponent, and uh, how do you plan to attack him? You know, I don't know anything about my opponent just yet, but my trainer, Sugar Hill Stewart, uh, he takes on the idea that he trains me to fight anyone. Okay. So it, I don't necessarily need to see my opponent. I, I will obviously see him. Uh, the days leading up to the fight. But as of right now, I'm prepared uh, because of my trainer and because of my coaches to face just about anybody. And, and that's the confidence that I'm feeling now. You know, I, I love it because boxing and, and football always go hand in hand for me, at least. I, I always find a way to kind of bring in a football anal- uh, analogy. And one of the coaches that I talk to all the time, they always say, Q, it's never about the opponent. It's always about us. And it sounds like the way that you're training, the way you're preparing for this Saturday fight, it's not about your opponent. It's just about you and what you do. And as long as you go out there and execute, you'll feel great with the outcome. Right. And, you know, that's the, uh, that's the advice that my trainer gave me. You know, if I were to fight um, to prepare for one particular guy, what would happen then if he pulled out the last minute? Then I would be, you know, so frantic, wondering, well, I prepared you know, weeks, months for this one guy and he pulled out. So, you know, to avoid situations like that, um, my trainer is just preparing me to fight anyone. Now, Nico, you, you mentioned that your grandfather, who's the great Muhammad Ali, we definitely want to go ahead and reiterate that just in case anyone's just tuning in and wondering, wait a minute, hold on, what's, what's going on here? We're talking to Nico Ali Walsh, the, grand, the grandson of uh, Muhammad Ali, and he gave you his blessing. He even urged you to continue to box. What was that conversation like? What was the, the, the conversation where you went to him and, and you got his blessing and he said, hey, this is, this is fine for you. You can get this done. Well, you know, the conversation lasted over, you know, years of me asking him. Um, but I would just say it was, it was emotional for me. I was, I was alone with him, you know, at the time of these conversations. And uh, I just wanted, I wanted to know his thoughts because I was doing, I, I started off boxing him being my full inspiration, my full uh, uh, reason for starting. Uh, so, yeah, it was just it was just emotional having those conversations with him. And once he urged me to box, I knew that this was something I could never um, quit or drop. Right, absolutely. And Nico, not only do you have the obviously the connection, the great connection there with your grandfather Muhammad Ali, but also you have a great connection with us as you are a UNLV student. You're actually going to be graduating uh, in 2022 with a business degree, which is awesome. Congratulations to you. How important was it? for you to not only get it done in the ring, but also get it done in the classroom? It's very important. Um, my, my parents, you know, they're very strict about education. My grandfather was the same way, and I believe it's important for everybody. I think, you know, God forbid if anything were to happen uh, to me in boxing, if I were to get hurt or something, I would never be able to box again. Um, I would have to have that education uh, to have as a backup. And I, I think that's important for everyone. And I, it's tough to balance the two. It's very tough. And uh, I commend anyone who's able to do that. I, I got to ask you, what are your experiences like at UNLV? What's your experience like being at the, on the campus? It's a great school. I mean, the school is incredibly diverse. You know, the, the professors that I've had were amazing. I've learned a lot. And, you know, uh, 
I can't ask for anything more than that. I've learned so much. What has it meant to you to just be able to carry on that, that Ali name? You know, I, it's something that I don't take lightly because of it being, you know, my name. It's my family. It's my heritage. And, you know, I just I want to continue it the right way. I want to go in 100%, and I don't want to, uh, you know, go in halfway. You know, if, right, if right. I'm doing this, it's got to be fully. I've got to put in all my uh, – all my energy into it, and, and that's what I'm doing. Talking right now with Nico Ali Walsh here on uh, Unnecessary Roughness Radio Nation Radio 920. Has a big fight coming up. His debut, as a matter of fact, on Saturday. It's going to be in Tulsa, Oklahoma. You can check it out on ESPN. It's going to be broadcast live. I'm excited about that. I mean, how, how fun is that going to be? It's going to be on national TV. It's going to be so much fun. My family's going to be there. The family that's not there is going to be watching. It's it's going to be a great experience. What has been the biggest piece of advice that you ever received from your grandfather? I don't, I mean, in terms of boxing, I would say it's to, uh, maybe just stay in shape. You know, it's, it's, it's so hard for boxers nowadays from what I've seen to stay in shape because boxing doesn't have a season like football or baseball. Right. So it's so easy to fall out of it, you know, to start eating bad and, and going out and partying. And so it's so hard to fall out of shape. And it, or no, it's so easy to fall out of shape. And it's so hard to get back in shape. <laughs> right, right. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the biggest piece of advice. And it seems so simple, but it's so true. Right. Hey, I'm, I'm glad you corrected yourself because I was thinking for a second, hey, man, I'm out of shape. Maybe I can get back into yeah. shape really quick. Yeah. <laughs> it don't work yeah. that way. It don't work that way. Nico, before I let you go, you mentioned the advice that you received from your grandfather, Muhammad Ali, as far as boxing goes. How about something just in life, something that he may have passed on to you is something that he just wanted to tell you and, and, and it just kind of drove you throughout the course of, of your life? Honestly, it, it wasn't nothing he said to me specifically. Um, it was a lot more of his actions than his words. The way that he acted, you know, as a grandfather, even in his 70s, you know, uh, just watching the way he still treated people at that, at that old age was just amazing. And, you know, that's something that I'm so inspired by. I look up to so much because it was uh, it, it was his actions at the end, you know, it was before he was a man that spoke so much. He was loud, outspoken. And, you know, in his later years, he didn't speak so much, but he still continued to do the same things he was doing. So that's what I look up to. That's awesome. That, that, that really is. And Nico, I've been telling you, I've been telling everybody about your fight that you have coming up on Saturday. I'm very excited about that. Uh, outside of boxing, do you, are you a football fan? Are you a baseball fan? Or is there any other sport that you really lock in on besides boxing? You know, not, not really. I mean, I'll watch, I'll watch football here and there and, and because of the golden Knights, I'll definitely watch hockey now. Nice. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm not a huge, huge diehard fan about uh, uh, with any other sport aside from boxing. Nothing wrong with that. No, nothing wrong with that. And since you said the Golden Knights, well, hey, keep on boxing, get some dubs underneath your belt, and uh, maybe you'll have a big fight at T-Mobile Arena, and then at maybe some point you'll have a big fight at Allegiant Stadium, and uh, we could all celebrate you. How about that? That. 
anything. That would be amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Nico, hey, good luck to you on uh, on Saturday, man. Like I said, we'll be looking forward to the fight. We'll be paying attention. It'll be nationally broadcast for anyone who's not there in Tulsa, Oklahoma to see it. So we'll be able to, to tune in. And like I said, man, good luck. We appreciate you. And don't be a stranger, man. Keep up with me and, and, and catch up with me so we can uh, you know continue to talk about how your career is going. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. There he goes right there. That's Nico Ali Walsh. He is the, the grandson of Muhammad Ali, and he's got a boxing debut going on this Saturday. Tulsa, Oklahoma, very excited about that. A four-round middleweight fight. And, uh, man, what a way to make your debut on national TV and uh, to have a grandfather uh, like that it, just uh, as a mentor growing up. That, that must be awesome, um, the great Muhammad Ali. So many thanks to Nico for joining us. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio. 920.